the second of our bush racing legends, of course, David Radish Driver, uh, was our first, and uh, we've got an absolute legend in his own right uh, who's joined me in the studio today, and we say a very good afternoon to Quinny Scott. How are you, Quinny? Yeah, thanks, Matty. I'm, I'm really privileged to be here and... and uh and the build-up, I don't know whether I'm up to the build-up, but I'll do my best anyway. Look, I, I, I just, I love you, Quinny, and I, and, and this kind of spawned off, I, I think I was talking one day on racing.com, and uh, and I mentioned, you know, if there's one bloke I'd love to have a beer with, it'd be yourself, you know, sitting at a bar, just listening to old racing stories, uh, and, you know, obviously Radish Driver, another character of the game, there's plenty of them out there, um, and, and I think it's important that we preserve... You know the stories that you guys have had from uh, have have had from back in the old days. It's it's just yeah, it's awesome. I reckon. Well, it's um, you know they're great great memories, and uh, there's no doubt in the world that you know along the way we'll we'll tell some stories, and I can truthfully say that uh, there's not one of these stories that I might make mention of that have ever been there's they're true as God. <laughs> I'll tell you. Some of them not so good, but I'll tell the truth. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And this is what I reckon racing's all about. You know, it's always, it's full of colourful characters, isn't it, Quinny? Oh, it's, and, and as I say, it's uh, it's always been an intriguing game or sport. And, um, you know, there's there's some just some people that are in, in or been in the industry that, that you know, that don't get this recognition. And it, it, it's great to have this opportunity to... To put this out up today. Now you've brought in a trophy today, um, which you've cleaned off, and it's a it's a big <laughs> it's like a cox plate. That's what it looks like in all in all seriousness. From 1960, you were the jockey. How old were you at the time? Well, first off, I had to bring the trophy in because it would have been hard to convince you that, <laughs> that I was ever a jockey. But you're a big man, so how does this work? Well, naturally, I was very young. And I was actually one month short of being 14. Wow. I was 13 and 11 months. It was, it was, uh, that meeting was at uh, Tatura and now known as the Golden Valley Racing Club, but still the same race course. Yeah. Much improved facilities track wise. It was like a red road when I actually rode. But um, yeah, no, in them days, you know, we, uh, we rode work when we were very young, as Radish did. Uh, I listened to Radish's story. We were the same. I was, I was riding work, going to school, uh, be late for school every day, get the cuts for being late, but <laughs> that didn't work. That was a part of the job. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I was lucky. I, I didn't ride for for um, you know for long because naturally I was I was very you know got heavy and that, but. I had some really memorable events apart from winning that race at um, at uh, at uh, Tatura. One of my most memorable race rides or performances was at Corowar in New South Wales, and the horse was uh, Gay Heels, trained by the legendary Jack Freyer. She raced in race three. Ridden by Roy Higgins. She wow. won a seven furlong progressive. Wow. She never went out of the saddling paddock. I weighed out and rode her in the very next race. What? <laughs> and I managed to get a beaten half ahead. 
<laughs> so Roy Higgins yes. has rode over, what, the 1,400 metres, the, the race before. Yep. And then you've just they've kept it in the mounting yard virtually. Yep. And then goes around again and you've been nutted by a short half head. By the favourite, big horse <laughs> called Big Win. He was going for about seven in a row, ridden by a really good little rider, Hecky McDonnell. And I thought I'd nailed him on the line. <laughs> And heck, he said to me, you've done me. I said, oh, I don't know whether I have. But anyway, no, I didn't win. Uh, but the funny, not the funny part about that story, but uh, after the race, it used to, most of the activity always used to take around the bar. And I was taking the colours back to Mr. Freer, Jack Freer. Anyway, Jack was a big... Man with a voice that you could hear him from here to to T Rang. <laughs> and someone must have had a bit of a crack at him about running the horse. Back you know, to back. Back to back. Anyway, old Jack said, What are you talking about? He said, They run the Melbourne Cup over two mile. He said, This bastard had a spell halfway, he said. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But anyway, I got I got back at Hecky the next week at uh Berrigan it was, and uh Anyway, I was lucky to get the ride on a big horse called Remtar. His jockey was Teddy Davis, and he got suspended at Corrawar this particular day, and I got the ride on him, and, and, and I knocked him off in the Berrigan Cup on this big horse, Remtar. Trained by a chap by the name of Bill Butts, and his son Terry, who was a smidgen older than me, is still training today in Cairns, actually. Wow. So yeah. Gee whiz. So so just take us back, Quinny. Like racing is obviously in your family, okay? So TJ is the trainer of uh, of of the horse, which is your grandfather. That trophy that you brought in. Yeah. Um. Just you know, it's, it's obviously in your blood. You know, you're a young kid. You've grown up around horses, very similar to radish. Never never had anything anything different, mate. Because, um, as I say, originally, uh, my grandfather, their family. Uh, were from around the Colac area, uh, Alinamoy. Yep. And um, you know, I, I, uh, he was one of the in that era that when horses were everything. You know, he, he, um, he, uh, he. It was with old Norm Cakebread and those blokes. I used to go and buy the horses for bakers and butchers and yep. and things like that. And he, he. Uh, he was a, you know, in them days, a, you know, a true horseman. He was foreman for, for Bob Sinclair when he had those good horses. Ori Star, when it won, or still holds a six furlong record at Flemington. Eisenbard, yeah. good jumpers and things yeah. like that. And he went to Benalla, uh, went to Violetown in, uh, I uh, early in the would have been in the in the in the late forties, but he had a pub there in in Violetown, and it it was in them days it was a Richmond hotel, a yep. Richmond beer, yep. which you don't see now, but yes. in them days, yeah. Uh, and he trained horses out of the out of the back of the pub in them days. It was good old stables, and you know, a lot in those days behind all those old country pubs, and moved to Benalla in nineteen fifty, and uh, I was there for thirty odd years at Benalla. It's going to stop there, Quinny. Kids, oi. And Quinny, uh, you know, your grandfather was, you know, a very, very good trainer in his own right. Absolutely. He was uh, uh, similar to the to the Kevin Lafferty of the 
this area. Yep. Uh, he was that way in the NEDRA, northeast of Victoria. And and, and they had a really, um, like, a, a, a good, uh, I suppose, uh, working relationship, but also competitiveness with the hoisteds up there. Is that oh, right? That was, uh, that was uh, you know, they, they were their royalty still are in, in Wangaratta. And um, there was always, you know, a lot of competitiveness. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, each year, either one of those, either Scott or Hoisted would win the NEDRA premiership only by one or two. There was never It was much. that tight. It was very tight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hoisted had probably better horses because, when I say better horses, uh, they had a very good owner, uh Sir Roderick Carnegie, and he was, uh, you know, they they bought sort of better horses than the average country horses. Yes. And they, all those horses, I was only remembering that the other day, uh, they all good horses, and they all their names all started with O. O Porto, Orvieto, right. Ogo. Right. Uh, but... No, they they were they were competition, but my grandfather he was uh you know we only trained mainly for for local uh, farmers and yeah. and you know they were but produced some really good horses yeah, yeah. really good horses and there would have been uh, some shenanigans and that go on between the two I would imagine you know because it was always so tight oh yeah they they were oh, I wouldn't say that though. They were they were in love with one another, <laughs> but, but in them days everything, in them days all all the the celebrations or transactions or business was always done at the bar. Yeah. So you know you. So you, you sorted out afterwards. Afterwards, after the last, you always sorted. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Now, what about your father? Uh, he was a, a wonderful jockey. He was a very uh, same same. Uh, situation where he was always close to the leading rider in, in a DRA. Yeah. Um, Nifty Wilson would be a good person to speak to him about. <laughs> um, they had some good jewels over the journey as well, no doubt. Well, he was always a fair bit older than Nifty, uh, but I'd be one of the very few people that probably is still around this area or any area for that matter, I see Nifty Wilson ride his first winner in, ever in a race. Wow. At Mansfield. Yep. On a horse called Torres, uh, trained by Brian Cooper, and I think Brian's still alive today. Wow. Um, yeah, it was the Mansfield Cup. And, and as I say, Nifty's birthday is in October, and mine's in November, so we're a month apart. So you've, you've kind of come through the racing fraternity together. Oh yeah, and and as I say, in them days, Nifty, I'm pretty sure was apprenticed to Brian Courtney, and uh, he used to come up to the NEDRA to those meetings and get rides there, and he was always a good rider. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask. When he was a young kid, and you saw him ride his first winner that day, did you think he was destined for, you know, the career that he ended up having? Oh, you'd never, you would never imagine that. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of so-called kids come come to the country to, to try and get rides in them days but you know nifty's just been an out and out sensation legend super gentleman lovely yeah. family you know you what more can you say about the guy absolutely but he he would he would be the man that would 
answer some questions about my old man as a jockey. So, and so as a kid, you know, you got your grandfather, a wonderful trainer in his own right. You got your dad, who's a wonderful jockey in his own right. So you're getting dragged along to the races, no doubt, all the time, Quinny. So it was destined that you were going to be in the industry in some way, shape, or form. I, I uh, as I say, I was going to the track. When I was nine years of age, I used to ride an old pony called Bobby and lead an old racehorse <laughs> called Bailout. And I'd have to go to the track. In them days, it used to take us 40 minutes to walk to the track. And I used to lead this horse three times around and and then home for school. Yeah, no, I've never, I've never, and I've never regretted one, one moment of it, Matty, to be honest, you know, as I say. And uh, the family had a, perfect relationship from the point of view that even to my to the day that my father was unfortunately killed at, at Wangaratta a lot of people used to believe that we were brothers yeah right and and the boss which was TJ he was always the boss so, so Quinny I, I didn't realize see so, so your father died what in a in, in, a, in, a, in an in accident a, like a, a in, horse accident yeah or? no it was a very uh you know, it was, uh, it was not unusual, but I mean, we were unloading the horses and um, and uh, unfortunately the horse was still tied up and uh, he come back, not that it wasn't not the horse's fault, what one bit at all, but he come back and naturally, whether it was dad or who it was, would have, he got under the, under the petition of the float, the chest rail of the float, yeah. and the horse come back, and and we know all this now, I didn't know at the time, but anyway, Philip Sweeney, a mate of mine, had pulled beside me, and he said to me, can you give us a hand to unload these horses, he was on his own, and anyway, I, I helped him, Philip, and Dad puts a, the bit on the horse, and, and I said to him, are you, are you right? And he said, yeah, and when I looked up, you know, the horse was still tied up. Yeah. Anyway, the horse didn't, went back in, and it must have been just as accidents are. Yeah. Anyway, the horse comes back the next time, and I and I called him, and Philip was standing there, and I and I, and I looked down, and no man was there. And I said, dear, Philip, holy sauce. I said, he's bloody knocked out. Anyway, I, God. he was stone dead. God what had me. happened, the horse had come back. And he must have been down about head high, bang, and just broke his neck. God. Yeah. So, mate, how old were you at the time? Oh, that was, was about uh, not that long ago. Well, when I say not that long ago, probably 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah. So how old was Dad at the time? He was 74. Yep. Still riding work. He rode four horses at work that morning. Golly. As fit as a... He was a very fit little rooster. Yep. Um, and it, it's like everything, you know, there's always, you know, sequences that, you know, this mightn't happen and this could have happened. The but what ifs. What if, you know, and I, I, I blimmin', I'd been away <coughs> up the Hunter Valley um, looking at yearlings and a, a mate of mine drove, we caught the last plane out of Sydney and it was a blooming touch and go whether we got on the plane, but all these ifs and buts. Yeah. I got home, and uh, anyway, Dad said, um, he said I'll drive to go to drive to Wangaratta, 
and he said, you can drive home. And I said, yeah, no worries. And I slept nearly all the way. Anyway, there was a, a, a kid having his first ride in a race. It was, it was in the car with us and, and I, I was half asleep and just getting near the race course. And I hear the old man start on this poor bloody kid. Now listen. <laughs> <laughs> and you would have heard this a few times. I've been riding these places for bloody 50 years. They don't make a mug out of me. And I said, oh, give, give it a rest. Give it a rest. <laughs> I haven't even got there yet. And as I say, bloody five minutes later, he was dead. But, that is, that know, is unbelievable, mate. Unbelievable. He was very well known, you know, like yeah. all over, whether it was the northeast or wherever. You yeah. Know, very well known, but... Anyway, that's, you know, unfortunately uh, it happened and we have to move on. That's yeah, for sure. no good, mate, no good. Let's talk about your training career, Quinny. Uh, 450 winners uh, in your training career. Do you know that? Did you know no, that? I, no, I didn't know that, mate. 450 no. winners. That is huge. Yeah, well, I was, um, you know, to tell these stories, you know, you have to go back to the start, as I said, my grandfather, he unfortunately got ill before I turned 21. Yep. And in those days, you couldn't get a license for love nor money. Yep. It was it was hard work, was it? Very hard. Yeah, right. And and the thing was, which and you're talking what in the in the seventies, eighties? Uh, it would have been the the late seventies. Yep. Or it might have even been a bit later. But see, I, I'm I've had what am I? I'm I'm seventy three now, just now, and I got my license when I was twenty one. So how long ago is that? Yeah, wow. Gee, what are we? Forty forty six years. Be more, right? I think, a bit more, yeah, 50 right. odd years. But anyway, yeah. what happened was that um, we, and and the the thing that that uh, the local steward of the NEDRA was a chap by the name of Bill Betts, and he, he'd known me from when I was riding them. The plate you know, sitting right there next to you. And, <laughs> uh, and, and he knew at the time that my grandfather was very ill, yep. and he knew that I was training the horses. Yep. There was so, no... so you were doing all the work at that time. Yep. And, and uh, you'd learned the, the, the craft, you'd learned everything off him, you'd been around him, you'd grown up your whole life with him. And, and, and as I say, I... You know, I had I had a lot of support from from local race clubs and and that. And when I uh, I, I applied to get my license, I was only I think I was nineteen, maybe close to twenty, but couldn't get a license. Right. So though, and, and even though you'd done all that work and everybody knew you and all that kind of stuff, it took you a, a, a period of time before they actually give it to you. Yep. That's exactly right. And then what happened And then? what was the reason? What was oh, it? because I wasn't 21. Right. That was all it was. That's it was just an age was. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think now you can get a license, you know, at any, pretty much any age or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, well, the story was that I I lost all the, the good horses, Pride Arlo, Mystery Banner. They both won provincial cups, uh, plates in them days. <coughs> they were good horses. Because um, there was a bit of lull time, obviously, where you know you, your pop was crook, so the horses had to go somewhere, didn't they? Well, when when I I couldn't get the license, um, same thing. I mean, I don't. I got an old chap who was good mates with my grandfather. Uh, he got a license. Yeah. And um, anyway, I was training the horses 
under his name, which was, you know, and the, and the old yeah. steward, Bill Betts, he knew all this. There was never yeah. any, you know. I should just give it to you. Yeah. But anyway, well, anyway, going on with the story, eventually, I, you know, I lost all the the, the good owners and the good horses and, and you know, and anyway, um, yeah, I had to go right back to, to the to square one yeah. to start all over again. Yeah, right. And I started off with... You know, with a couple of horses, and um, yeah, I, and uh, I had young. Yeah, I was twenty-one, didn't have a license, but we, we, my dad still had a jockey's license at the time, but he was pretty much to the end of his riding career. Yep. And um, we took six horses uh, up where those blooming raging fires are at the present moment. We went right up through. Tumbarumba and and were stationed at Cooma. Yeah. And that was in the days when that uh, Cooma and those places were just absolutely jumping because of the snowy mountain schemes. Yes. Anyway, uh, well, we had a bit of bit of luck there. We had a good old sprint horse called Enstar. He won the new market at Cooma and and uh, I won a maiden with another horse. And they were they were they were sort of handy. Bush horses. So, so they were your first winners, like, yeah. As an unofficial trainer, still, or no, still no, no license. But you, you were doing the work. It was just oh, done Jack to someone Stewart. else. <laughs> so, what happened was, we yeah, had a little chestnut horse. He was a good horse, Tarkari. Uh, Mickey Serky will tell you about him. He, he rode him. Uh, it's, it's quite a few wins. Anyway, as a two-year-old, uh, he'd won a couple of two-year-old races and. Uh, Anyway, we took him to Canberra, and that was a bit upmarket. This is from Cooma. Yeah. And it was a bit upmarket, Canberra, you know. <laughs> anyway, drew the outside barrier, and uh, we were young and bold and brazen in them days. Anyway, we, we bet up, and he got beat. He got beat half head. I think it was too much for old Jack. It bloody killed him. So. <laughs> Did it really? <laughs> so, <laughs> he, so now here we are. We're... We're now at Tumut with six horses and no, no, no license. So, so Jack Fiddick, he passed away yeah, as well? He passed away, yeah. He, he, was, he was an old man. And, and talk about hot that day at Canberra, I reckon it was 110 in the water bag. Yeah. Anyway, he, he just, just got too much for poor old, poor old fellow. I shouldn't... What, did he pass away at the track? No, no. He got sick at the track. And then... And then the old owner bloke, wow. uh, who's the grandfather of the current... Uh, president at Benalla, bloke called Ned McNulty. Yep. He 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 brought him back to Benalla and he died a couple of days later. Wowzers. And 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 my old man and myself and little Mickey Armstrong who spent a lot of time down here before he died, we're stuck at Tubert with six horses and no license. No. Anyway, my poor old mum uh, in them days, no mobile phones. The two bobs in the in the box. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting on the Murrumbidgee there. I go up, any because the application had been in. Anyway, no, sorry, love, no, nothing. Nothing to come in the mail, day. Still sitting there. Anyway, luckily it, it turned up. It turned up. And Tumut Cup Day, and golly the, gosh, and it was a horse called Prince Avon. Um, and he won. He won a seven furlong progression. So your first official day, yeah, you win. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, tumor. So a lot of people would never. 
No. Never think of me yeah. being a tune. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but isn't that an amazing story in itself? A young 21-year-old, they would have been going, who's this young upstart? <laughs> and Wooshka. Yeah, and, and, then, and as I say, that horse finished up getting his name in the in the history books as well because he ended up quite a handy steeplechaser and he won the last Godfrey Watson steeplechase run at Caulfield before the the metric distance change. Wow. And Teddy Byrne rode him. Yep. Local from here. Yep. He yep. rode him and uh, he beat horse called Scorn and Batan. And they were good horses. Oh, that's good memory. Yeah, I can remember. But you remember your first, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you said earlier that you said we had a bet up at Canberra. Like, back in the day, what was a bet How much are we talking? You know, I mean, I had, I never had two pennies to run together. But, um, but no. the sting was on this day, obviously. You oh, know, yeah. you know, we, it's, it was not only us, but in them days, that's the way that you, you lived. Maybe, yeah, you yeah, know? to I get mean, a quid you, out of the punt. You had to be, you know, a punter. Yeah. And, and as I say, you might have, you know, things are certainly different now, but you were... No stake money. Yeah, you had a you had to have a punt. Yeah, and and how you and how, how you manipulated that was your business. Yeah, that's sometimes right. Sometimes it might have been good. Sometimes not so good. It's it's hard to hide them nowadays, Quinny. Oh, isn't it's it? impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. And and I don't think that I don't think it, it they need to be hidden these days, mate. You got such yeah. good stake money. That's you right. You got good so much facilities that you guys yes. provide on the TV. Yeah, I mean, what what do you? Want to do? It. Yeah, that's right. I mean, right. when we were in them days in the in the late sixties and and seventies and that, you were racing for nothing. Yeah. Uh, so you had to get a, some money out of the pot. Yeah, you had to. Yeah, and but that in in my eyes, that determined whether you could train or not. Yeah, yeah, because you had to have the confidence to be able to go and back a horse. And you were. And, no, and then when and I the pressure was on you coming here. Yeah. In the seventy threes and that. You're taking on Noel Kelly, yeah, George Hanlon, yeah, Tommy Hughes. Yeah, you were playing A grade when you were taking them on, mate. You'd want to make sure your horses. If going you good. thought you could win, yeah, you know they were they were the best. You know what I mean? I mean, there's, yeah. there's, they're great trainers today. There's no worries about that. I have no, but those those as different field of trainers. Yeah, and different era and different all that kind of era. stuff. But, but you're right. If if they you know they had you you think you had one going good, you had to want to be going extra good. Absolutely. And and as I say, I mean, as a young young fella, I mean, you know, I realised. I mean, I was I was playing A grade. Yeah. But uh, I was lucky, uh, and I trained for two chaps that are very well known in this district. A bloke called Kevin Gallagher and Jock Hurley. They were very good mates with the late Tony Clancy. Yeah, uh, and Billy, I remember Billy used to have a, a restaurant in the town here. Years yeah, ago, right. Yeah, and they always used to get there. And uh, Alec Calvert uh, yes. was through them guys that that, that that you know that I got introduced to the to the Western Districts. Quinny, can I ask what, what was your big you know like your biggest go then one day? Like there must be a story that stands out where you, you know you got a good quid, the owners got a good quid, you set one up. Well, they're 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 good they're good stories they're good questions, Maddie. Um, 
one time, this is a true story, and it was it's a bit on a bit on egg on my face, but I must tell this because it's true. And how how <laughs> the horse's name was Zephyr Cross. I didn't train the horse, but he was owned by Jock Hurley. Yep. And uh, anyway, he was trained in Queensland by Alan Yeomans, where Jock had business, and Alan was a champion jockey of his era here in Victoria, but subject to a bloody fall at Pakenham, he ended up in a wheelchair. Yeah. But anyway, I'll quickly tell this story. But anyway, this they brought this horse to Flemington when I was there, and I, I was naturally helping with the with the preparation and the training. Anyway, Paul Jarman was, was our rider at the time. And uh, anyway, this horse... In them days, the Ascot Vale Stakes was the big three-year-old race, which I think is the Coolmore now. Yep. Anyway. So sprint race. Yeah, yep. down the straight. So these are the things that I'll never forget, Matty, I'll tell you. So on the Tuesday morning before the, the, the Ascot Vale Stakes, all those three-year-old horses used to go down the straight. Yep. Bounding away. I used to bloody know them all, but bounding away was TJ Smith. Mayfield Smith had another one. Anyway, this horse, I would have been probably the only one watching him. Anyway, I'm watching him and I thought, yeah, boy, Jesus, he hasn't gone too bad, that horse, you know? Yeah. So by the time he come back from the grandstand at Flemington, back around to the strip and cheese, Paul Jarman, I'll never forget the expression on his face. He looked at me and he said, he said, if that wasn't a bloody fluke, he said, this horse will win on Saturday. Yep. And, you know, and I looked at him and anyway, anyway. And, so, and I'm tipping that, you know, it was, well, not in the market. You know, like, if you know what I mean, like a tip would have been a fairly strong race. It would have been some good trainers. Wait till you hear this bit. So anyway, on the Saturday, he was 100 to 1. Wow. 100 to 1. Yep. In In the big feature. Yep. Yep. So, so obviously no one else had seen or taken any notice of that trial, that jump out. No. So anyway, he he wins. And so so gets up. Yeah. So so you've had something on. Everyone was well looked after. There's a, there's a bit. Of, there's a sad part to this, but I'll go on with the better part before the sad. Yep. We're in the in the bar having the celebration. Anyway, Pat. Pat Hurley, she's still alive today. She um, she said to me, Quinny, will you go and collect this tow ticket? So I'm bloody, this is true, hand on the Bible. Yep. So I go, and I don't know what I was bloody thinking, but anyway, I give the ticket to the girl. This was, So this is where, at your local TAB? Or? No, at the races. At the races, yep. Yeah, yep. at Flemington. Yep. So anyway, I give her the ticket. She looks at it, and uh, she says, oh... I'll have to get the supervisor. And I thought, no, oh, shit, she's giving me the wrong ticket or something. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bloke comes up, and this had bloody... <laughs> no, yeah, if you were. I'm standing there. <laughs> and he says, um, oh, you've had a good win. And I said, oh, yeah, 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 you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he, he's looked at me, and he said, this bloke must be a bloody idiot. <laughs> he says, how do you want this money? <laughs> And, and I said, oh, just give it to me in cash. 
You said, you know how much these tickets were? I said, no. Nah. 130,000. Oh, you're joking. 130,000. What, so she didn't want to go and collect it? Was she like... She, a, I don't know, you know. She, she, anyway, yeah. I nearly capped in me pants. <laughs> took it back and I give it to Kevin Gallagher. I said, mate, I said, this one's a bit big for me to be playing with. <laughs> So he, he took control of that. But they so they must have had like oh, that amount of cash on track too, like mate, back in the day. It's it's and unbelievable. The, the sad part about it was I've got to get to that part, was that Jock Hurley, they were very well known all over, in Adelaide as well, South Australia. But Jock stayed in South Australia to back the horse at yep. Morfordville. Yep. Anyway, you would a uh, one week to the day later. Yep. He rings me up and Jock says to me, he was the one that, that influenced me to come out of the country to go to Flemington. Yep. Anyway, he said to me, he said, now we're looking at a place at Flemington uh, on Friday morning. I said, yeah, fair enough, because he was, he was going to set me up there. Yep. On this... No, and he rings me about mid-afternoon. He said, I've had a bit of hassle with the pub, one of the pubs in Adelaide. He said, I've rang the agent. We're doing it at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yep. I said, yeah, no worries. So he's not. Anyway, that morning I come home from the track. Barbara says, I think you better sit down. I said, what's the problem? She said, I've got bad news. She said, Jock passed away last night. Gee whiz. He'd, he'd come over on the plane and they had the, they owned the Palmerston Hotel there in the Kingsway. Yeah, yeah. And all the racing people in that used to drink there. No, the pub. I know the pub well. It shut down about probably two years ago now. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, that uh, that knocked the socks off me. So... Um, so well, this is a week after... To the to the day. God. So... so he had a massive heart attack. He went, he went to the pub that night at his usual session with the boys and what have you when army had a unit in uh just in turak anyway he he passed away that night unbelievable so and, and he so he'd obviously won a quid himself over in south australia the week before like backing the horse over there but this it, is the cruel part maddie yeah kevin gallagher was equally as known as well as jock yep but kevin went to adelaide and because in them days, you know, they used to bet on the on the nod or on the blue, whatever you like to call it. Yes. A lot of the blokes paid. Yeah. Some a lot didn't. of them didn't pay. Yeah. It weren't written down. Yeah. But the Matty Stewart betting here yeah. knew that, that Tommy Jones had bet with Jock. So but did. Tommy Jones didn't write it in. So when Kevin approached Tommy Jones, Tommy Jones said, no, he never had a bet with me. God, that's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. So you, there would have been, I don't know, mate, I don't know, there would have been, you know, a lot of money not collected. Yeah. God, that's disappointing, isn't it? But anyway, that's that's a true story. That's unbelievable. And then, and then another one, which was good, that's always been one of my, you know, barra pushes, you know, when, when the... The Briley with that horse, the same people owned him, but not the Briley, the the Wangoon with horse called Prince of Brandy. Yep. And I was very, I was very interested to know that twelve months ago, a bit more before, 
Michael Felgate brought me up here to the morning of the races. Yeah. And um, anyway, he had all, and he, and he said, can you tell me about the, the, the Prince of Brandy plunge? Yep. And and uh, so this is in 1984. Yeah. Yep. Wong and Goom. He, yeah. Yep. And I I just I just more or less said oh yeah he was, you know he was back from, you know, 33s to about four or five to one. Wow. Anyway, Michael, he's he's reading. He, I don't know how he done it. Yeah. But he must have done all the research on the bets. Wow. I was astounded. Yep. You know, he he said to me, oh, so he knew who who backed it. You yeah. know what price, so uh, whatever. You know, yeah. what price it was at that stage, and that's a good go. Like you oh. know, 33s in the fours. Yeah, and and uh, so so were you confident, like Quinny, that the stable confidence was there? It, that there was another another real challenge that I had thrown at me because he was a good horse, Prince of Brandy, but I never trained him. Andy White trained him, right? And Andy had horses with, with with Jock Hurley, and and it was always you know there was never any animosity. Andy had some, I had some. It was all, always a good you know working yep. relationship. And yep. as I say, Paul Jarman, he he rode for Andy, and he rode for me. And uh, uh, I often joke about this today. <laughs> When Paul Jarman was riding for me, I thought I used to be able to bloody train a bit because they never used to get beat when he rode them. <laughs> when but when I crack. lost him, I found out I can't train. <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was good, Paul. Yeah. Oh. So so was there a big like it was just obviously those boys in the horse, but was there other people? You know, obviously word got out and the, the plunge continued to, to to happen, leading into that Wongoom handicap. Oh, they wouldn't. They 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 wouldn't have. I don't think they were. I, what's the word without being rude? I, you know, I don't think they would have been. They wouldn't have been involved in anyone else. Yeah. Because they were big punters. They they yeah. put their own on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's incredible. And so would they put some on for you, Quinny? Oh, or? they. I was always well looked after. Yeah. You know, I was. So they just fling you some cash. I was only, you know, again, still very young. Yeah. But yeah. but but um, you know uh. I, I was always very well treated. Yeah, and and I mean, as but I you say, were doing the job for him. You, were... I was, I was doing my job. I was paid, and as I say, you know, not not being as smarty, but you know, I never had any bloody money. I still got none. But I mean, that was the way it was in them days. Yeah, you know, you yeah. You, you were always rewarded. Yep, and but same thing, you. You're you you're under the pump. Yeah, of course. Because you're not well, if you're not, not winning, you blokes going and having fifty hundred on <laughs> That's one. That's right. You know, you're talking yeah. big money, so <laughs> yeah. you know. That's exactly mate, I spoke to Eric Musgrove, the races there last week and, and he had an owner that was pretty keen on one at a nice price. Yeah. And he didn't want to talk pre race because he didn't want to moz the horse because he said to me, Look, the owner's had a good go at this at a fifty one bucks, I think it was fifty ones into fifteens or something. Yeah. And he didn't want to put the moz on and he, he said to me after the race, he said, Oh, you feel the pressure. Yeah. You know, look like when they have a punt. Oh, you know, you like, know and as they say, you know, another one that's still, you know, vividly in my mind and it was but and it still gets quite a bit of recognition from here. It was a Karoit Cup meeting, believe it or not, just <laughs> recently gone. Uh, in them days, uh, wasn't uh, no, it wasn't a tote meeting in them days, but but Cogitate, um, he won here, yep, and uh, that was a, a you know a, a big go because that it's it's the truth. 
there was a lot of bookmakers that they couldn't pay. Yeah, right. So just IOUs going out everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And and fun, not that's... funnily enough, but as you talk over the years, and that's what we're here to do today, I walked into, into the race course here. First bloke I walked into, Jocker Bailey. Yep. He said, what, what race are you in, mate? And I said, the third or... He said, he said, he said, Chandler's got one in this, bloody goes pretty good. Yeah. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, so, yeah, no worries. So anyway... So was he sussing you out to see, you know, your oh, thoughts? Oh, well, he, you yeah. know, he just said, said local horse, you know. Yep. And then, and then, and then, of course, in them days, you didn't have the access to the form that you guys will provide yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, So you get the race book and you have a look. And Izzy Thompson, who come from Mount Gambier, he was a good trainer. Yeah. That ran third at uh, a metropolitan meeting in Adelaide. Yep. So now you're looking at a pretty strong maiden. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you're he, probably getting a bit nervous then. You're thinking, oh, hang on, <laughs> the boys are coming to unload here today. I was thinking a bit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I thought, oh, no, we, anyway, he was, he was about, which, again, you know, but anyway, he was 10 or 12 to 1. Yeah. And he started, buddy. Pretty much nearly odds on. You wow! Know? And um, and so just and, and back in those days, like, there was bookies everywhere, oh, wasn't you know, there? You know, and this was, was money all on the course. Yeah, and, and 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 it was purposely done in the sense that the only places you could have a bet was on would have been on the tote. Yeah. But not on course. Yeah. So you didn't tell your mother or anything to go and have a bet at so and so off the took course. Yeah. But anyway, he, and that was great. That was. Did, did great, you win easy? You know, funnily enough, I thought, you know, he, I just, I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, oh, this will just jump to the front and lead all the way. Anyway, got back running third, and I thought, oh, Jesus, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah. But anyway, because he was a good horse, you know, he got out and got over the top of him. Yeah. But he ran a course record God. in a maiden which stood here for for years yep. until uh, the track was reconstructed, you know, and they yeah, put yep. the... Yeah, the Cambrian back in probably 94. Yeah. Yep. Unreal. And 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 not, uh, the, not the funny part, but these are the parts. His next start was at Ballarat. So anyway, he was... He was there was a, a thing odds on in the race. Can't think of the name, but it was trained by Bernie Love. Anyway... We saddled the horse up, and Frank Bally, who still has a horse with me today, after 50 years, he's the longest owner that I've ever had. What a legend. And he's a thorough gentleman. So he says to me, he's, he's two to one, five to two. He said, he's probably a bit short, you know. And I said, oh, well, you know, otherwise I wasn't stressed about it. And he said, I don't think I'll even worry about having a bet. And I said, oh, well, it's up to you, Frank. You're you're the boss. Anyway, he probably regrets it now, but he should have asked for four to one. We were walking up after put the jockey on, and this bookmaker, I can't think of his name, but he'd bet, bet here. Yeah. And we were just walking along, and this bloke yells out, Hey, aren't you going to have a bet today? And Frank, in his gentleman manner, says, Oh, he said, I think he's a bit short. And the and the bloke said, "What price do you want?" Anyway, Frank said, "Oh, I'd want seven to two. The bloke said, "You can have seven to two. 
Anyway, Frank said, oh, that's good. He said, well, I'll, I'll have 7,000 to 2,000. <laughs> so anyway, this bloke says, do you want it again? Frank said, oh, yes, I'll have it again. So now by this time, now it's Frank's time to call. Uh, he said to the bookie, he said, do you want it again? <laughs> and the bloke give a cough and a splutter. He said, oh, yeah, I'll take it. Wow. One by six lengths. <laughs> that is amazing. Isn't it? That like is... If the bloke doesn't open his mouth, yeah, yeah, 21,000 is... he's won. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Yeah, true story. And then second he went race to, start of Ballarat. Second, and he went to uh, sand down his next start. And the chap that's still riding today, who was an apprentice at the time, Johnny Keating, rode him at Sandown, climbed yep. on him, and he won. But he was a good horse. He was your best horse, wasn't he? Oh, well, yes. He, he you know, most recognised, I suppose. Yeah. You know, you always often get that question asked, which was your best horse? Yeah. But quite often, your best horse, in some ways, never made the headlines. Yeah, yeah. It, it broke down or something happened or, yeah. With that Paul Jarman again, he rode it. Uh, Bendigo one day, 20s into nothing. Uh, and it won and got me enough money to get a de put a deposit on a bit of land at Benalla, which got me started. Yeah. It, ironically, when he come in, it won by about a head. He threw the reins on and he said, get rid of it. He said, it's a goat. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and you said to put a deposit on. So how much are we talking, Quinny, oh, back in the day? Oh, those days probably... I suppose, you know, 15, 20 grand. Fan, what a good day at the track that is. I wish I was still at it now. I was, bloody, <laughs> I was up there the other day, 11 acres it was. It's all under houses and that. I bet you it is. But then, well, that's life. It. You move on, mate. Of course it does. Now, listen, tell me about uh, the story about the car. You know, you never had a new car. Oh, yeah. That's, I, that's, I love this story. To tell, it takes me a little this. while, but I, I've got to tell the, the true parts of it because yeah. otherwise it's not a good story. But what happened was, this is when I was at Benalla. I had Love and Leave and another big grey horse called Silver Plaque. Anyway, I went to, I couldn't find a race or whatever. What, well, I don't know why initially I wanted to go to Adelaide because Adelaide was like the other side of the world from Benalla. Yeah, yeah, long way away. Long way away. So anyway, I went over and I had a mate with me and we went over and anyway, took us no, of course knows how long. But anyway, quickly telling the story, Johnny Letts was the king in them days. Yep. He was the king. Yep. So anyway, he rode Old Love and Leave, and he ran third. I thought it wasn't a bad run, you know. Anyway, he rode this big grey horse in a, in a graduation. In them days they were. Anyway, he ran about fourth or fifth. And I thought, oh, you know, it just went okay. Anyway, I go in to get the colours, and Letsy said, what are, you, what are you going to do with the horses? I said, oh, I'm just going to go home, you know. He said, "He said, leave that big grey horse here. He said, I'll get you a quid with this horse. <laughs> and I said, Johnny, I said, I got, number one, I got no money. And I said, I can't pay anyone to, he, he said, leave it, leave it with me. He said, I'll do all that. Yep. Anyway, I went home with the other old horse. Anyway, Letsy, he, he used to, he'd ring me up. And he'd say, nominate this horse at Morford Full or nominate it somewhere else. 
it was going around and around. I thought, God, strike me, this thing will get giddy. <laughs> so he sent it around, obviously giving it a few coldies, do you reckon? Oh. <laughs> so out of the blue this day, he rings up about a week before. That good, give me the notice. Anyway, he said to me, he said, nominate this horse in this graduation at uh, at, uh, at Morfordville. Anyway, at the time, I was having a bit of luck and and I was saving this money up. I'd never had, never had a, a new car in my life. I was probably just not long off the bloody bike stage at this stage, but I had yeah, an old yeah. Valiant Ute. Yep. Anyway, I, he said to me, mate, this horse will, will, will win. And I said, oh, yeah, you know. So Saturday, Saturday race? Saturday. Yep. So anyway, the next question was, he said, there's a bloke that owns this horse, does he have a bet? And I said, oh, not really. Uh but I said, I've got a bit of money put away myself. And I said, uh, you know, next thing Letsy said, bring that. Bring it with you. <laughs> bring it with you. <laughs> so that's okay. So we get And you're the, thinking new car. Oh, new car. You're thinking yeah, I'm going to get I had enough off. money. It would have been enough money to buy the basic Holden or Ford yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I get the. I never I drove all night from Benalla in the old Valiant Ute. I got to Dimbula or somewhere. There's that much fog you couldn't see. No such thing as motels or anything in them days. Just stayed in the old ute with a bloody horse truck around me. Yeah. Get to Adelaide on the on the Friday. Go to Letchy's, and uh, I've got me little money in the paper bag. <laughs> How much? Come on, Quiddy. Can you remember? Oh, geez. I, it was about bloody. It was about ten grand. Yep. Anyway, uh, I said to I said to Letsy, I said this the owner bloke's not going to have much on it. But I said, I said I got enough money here to buy you know a car or whatever. Anyway, Letsy, you know as he was a chick, he said, I said I'll buy a Holden or something. He said, mate, he said you'll you'll go home with a Mercedes. <laughs> he was coming. So what odds was the horse? Oh, he was double figure odds. Yeah. Double figure. Yeah. So anyway, 20 to 1. Oh, yeah. Probably, yep. I think it's 33s. Yeah, right. Right in. Right yep. in. Anyway, I, I, and Letsy said now, which I knew that was the case. I mean, he said, I'm doing the business. Don't you have a bet or don't bloody tell anyone else to have a bet? Yeah, just keep it between us. Just, yep. I'm doing the business. He said, you'll have enough money to, have, to buy a Mercedes Benz. I wow. said that's that's all we want to know, mate. <laughs> Sweet. So anyway, I'm, I was packing them. Anyway, we get to the races on the on the Saturday. Anyway, um, yeah, this this I'm I'm there saddling it up and I'm I'm listening and, and the commentator saying, "Oh, there's been one in this back from double figure odds," and <laughs> you know, I'm starting. <laughs> you start to get nervous. Get nervous. <laughs> anyway, quick, get back to the race. Prior to that, I was good mates with a bloke over there that that worked for Lindsay Park. Yep. Lindsay Park had six runners in the race. Wow. And I said, and would have been flying at the time, no doubt. And I said to Johnny, I said, mate, 
out of these six runners, which is going to be the hardest to beat? He said, don't worry about the favourite. He said, the second favourite's the one that will be hard to beat. So, uh, well, that didn't make a great deal of difference to me. But there was no mention of the horse that eventually won it. So I'm sitting up in the stand there, shaking and shivering. And about 200 out, this grey thing bursts to the front. And I'm, oh, I thought, Christ. Were you, were you getting excited? Are you, were you vocal? Or? Oh, I'm not, not I, even today, I don't, you know. Yeah. But, but naturally, you could, the adrenaline, or you know, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. And I didn't, I still didn't start, yeah, I was there on my own, I was just there on my own, no one around, you know, no, yep. I didn't, anyway, and I, and, and all of a sudden I bloody look, and I see this thing coming down the outside, and I look to the winning post, and I think, no, we're, we're all right, and then I look again, and it's coming that quick, bloody bang, right on the line. So nuts you on the line, or you don't know, there's a photo, photo. you're unsure. Photo, not sure. You were the 10 grand at Ron 33 Paps, to 1. I think it was the caller in them days. Yeah, yep. Photo. Anyway, it just happened to turn out to be the highest priced winner ever in South Australia. Has nutted you. 330 something to 1 it was. And it was from the Lindsay Smith team. Lindsay Park. Lindsay, Lindsay Park, I should say. You know what horse it was? <laughs> Tell me. Dulcifer. <laughs> At 333 to 1. First running around. Has nutted you on the line. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. And, and look, out of all the, the Hayes runners and that, it was not even discussed. So, that, <laughs> I, I'm, so I, I'm, I'm gone. I've probably just got enough money to get back to Benalla for that. I go and I never, this is the part that kills Letsy. And he, every so you're time in the I old Valiant. He blimmin' sees and he's, he's copped a lot of flack over it because I've told this story a million times to me mates. Yeah. And old Mickey Robins and them blokes, every time they see Letsy, he always goes, no, you remember Dulce 5 Letsy? You know, kills him. But anyway, I go in there and, and I go to get the colours and that. And uh, I said, oh, well, bad luck, Johnny, you know. I said, we give it our best shot. And uh, and uh, he said, yeah, Jesus Christ. He said, well, stiff. He said, that, that'd that buggy you, wouldn't he? He said... You'll probably never hear of that bloody thing ever again. It's dulcified. Went on to be a champion. This horse of mine, he finished up winning a blooming race at Murray Bridge on the way home. But, so, uh, that's the difference between, you know, look, it could have possibly been a $300,000 collect oh, here. And, like, and, and Life-changing, is it? Back oh, in those absolutely. days. Absolutely. And, and the thing was, uh, it takes a long time to find these things out because... I'm great mates and, and actually training a horse for him at the moment, Gary Fennessy, who's yeah. been a legend with the Lindsay Park. Superstar, yep. Anyway, for years and years and years, I could never work out how a horse like Dulcify would get through the cracks at Lindsay Park. Yep, yep. So over the years, I, I said to him, what happened there? And he said, well, I'll tell you what happened. In them days, the three float loads, I think three, nine, 27 horses used to have, they had their own private trials at, uh, at uh, that place just near where they are, Lindsay Park. There's, they race there now. It's just gone out my head. A good place. Anyway, they take the horses there to, to trial them on their own, you know. Yep. Anyway, before they got out of Lindsay Park, 
Dulcifer, who was unheard of at the time, got down in the float. Right. And and Bim said um, they just pulled it, pulled him off and threw him in one of the spelling paddocks, and uh, and you know didn't think no more about him because Bim said when he was working and that he couldn't you know never done anything to oppress at all. Yeah. And anyway, in so, so days, just what just click race day. Oh mate. That's unbelievable. M. Domingo rode him. I'll never forget these things. <laughs> M. Domingo, never ridden a horse for hazes before or ever again. <laughs> oh, the, that is the, the hardest oh, luck story oh. I've ever heard. And, but anyway, as did I the, say... Did the Valiant you get you back home? The old Valiant, she got me home. <laughs> and I, on the, I had enough money. I, I bought a flagon of that cooler bar wine. It was about a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> the and, old goon bag. Yeah. <laughs> I had a Coke bottle. I used to have to stop and press the tip to fill up my bottle to get me home. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Been... That is an unbelievable story, mate. And I, I love, you know. like it's, it's, it's all, every word of it's true. Unreal. Know. Unreal. Can I just take you back to, to 1984? We kind of touched on it before, but um, Prince of Brandy takes out the Wangoon. Rocky Affair uh, takes out the Briley and the Grand Annual. So you get the, the, the three majors. Plus, you have another couple of winners over the carnival. Huge. Yeah, it was first it, time ever. It was a great, great year. And as I say, it's it's like everything. the The effort that went into uh, to Prince of Brandy was a was a great, you know, a great. Uh, he hadn't raced for seventeen months, you know. Hadn't raced for seventeen months, and that's what I said originally. Andy that's Watt amazing. Trained. And and Jock come in this day, and he's and I'll never forget it. I nearly blooming. He said to me, because he was like a second father to me, the bloke. Yep. And he said to me, you reckon you can win the Wangoon with Prince of Brandy? And I went, what? Yeah. I said, Jock, he's been bloody broken down, you know? Yeah. But anyway, as I say, it's a game. He was done all, I'd done, I done a lot of it, hill work at home and, uh, and then he come down here, and a guy who now is still here lives in here. He's a uh, Warnable. He's a father-in-law to Damien Oliver. Yep, uh, I know. Graham Climbers. Yes, he done a lot of the bloody donkey work. Yeah, he walked that horse for miles. Yeah, and because he had a had a tendon. Yeah, right. And he take him down here, as I say. He was swimming. So, so into the beach. Yep, swimming. Danny O'Connor used to uh, yeah. help with us. And uh, the old chap used to row the boat, Mitchell, I think his name was. I remember Danny well. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to stay up at Danny's stables, you know, when we first come here, when they were up on the Maryvale there. And nice little, uh, he was a good man, Danny, that is for sure. Yeah, very sad what happened to Danny. Absolutely. But, you know, that, that. Who are we, though, back in 1984 to, like, you know, to win all the features? Well, you would have still been young enough then. Yeah, I was young, mate. So you've burst onto the scene, really, haven't you? You know, I was just, I was just you know, I mean, when you say you were lucky, I mean, I, I don't know, I was just lucky. I don't know, I, you know, and I, and I was never really, it took me a long time to, to win a race here at Warner, but I'll tell you that, don't you worry about that. I came here in 1973, and I haven't, haven't missed one since. Yeah. But. Uh, you've had a runner at every carnival. That's, a, that's amazing. every carnival. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, Rocky Affair, he was, uh, you know, he was he was just uh, owned by really good mates of mine. Yep. Uh, they had their own owner-trainer licence, and uh, anyway, 
you know, he'd, he'd been around a fair bit, but he um, he was, uh, he was he, you know, a unique performance when you think about it because in them days, I mean, he, he had his first run in a steeplechase at uh, Hamilton Cup meeting. Remember two yep. days in them days? Yep. The RMAN's at steeplechase. It was a really recognised race. Yeah, and the lead into the to the May Racing Carnival. Yep. Yeah, that yep. was always the way. Hamilton led in, into here, yep. you know. Yeah, Anyway, uh, first running the steeplechase, and he hadn't done a lot of schooling because we never had the facilities and that. Like, But anyway, you learn. Anyway, he, um, he, he was bit inclined to still hurdling the fences, but he got around good and he hit the front in the straight and, and Gallywood did, went past him like he was glued to the fence. Yep. And uh, anyway, his, his next start was a bit of a bit of a blooming... I couldn't get a rider for him because this is how things have changed. Would you believe the Easter weekend was always the... So Oak Bank. Oak yep. Bank. Yep. Terang used to run a steeplechase at Terang right. Right, on Easter Monday or Easter yep. Saturday, whatever. I couldn't get a rider because all the good riders had gone to... Oak Bank. Oak Bank. Yep. So anyway, I finished up with the best the best rider that was going around at the time, local boy, um, old Jim and never... Something happened, acceptances or something never went... And he didn't have a runner at, at Oak Bank. Yep. Peter Delaney. Yeah, right. So I said, I said, Pete, I said, these are the strange instructions, but I said, please, you know, this is the way we want to do it. Yep. You know? Yep. I said, this old horse, I said, he's not a brilliant jumper. I said, he's as safe as a church. Yeah. But whatever you do, don't ask him for a big leap because I said, he's, he hasn't got it in him. Yep. Anyway, he was... Second last fence is about half a furlong in front, and Pete was getting get a, a bit, bit edgy. Of <laughs> so he asked the second last fence. And I said, No, put in another stride, and Pete went straight over his head. Didn't <laughs> right. fall. Yeah. But anyway, just that, asked for too big of a jump. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't there. So anyway, I come here, and um, he only schooled not around the complete track. And he ran in the Briley and uh, Grand Ace Roading. And he got up and just, I think, beat the favourite, I think, in the last stride. And I, and I, I was up at Danny's then, uh, wow. Connors, and I, he said to me, um, Grand Ace said, you're going to run him on, on Wednesday, on uh, Back on him up Thursday. the annual, And yep. I said, no, no. I said, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't, uh, be ready for it. He wouldn't be seasoned enough for it. Anyway, Grant said to me, he said, running. He said he'll win it. Wow. And I was, So you're in two minds. Right, yep. very much. Yeah. You know, and I and I, and anyway I still I'm still thinking to myself, no, won't won't run. Didn't want to knock the horse around. Running, but yeah. Um and then I, I got he he wasn't a young horse, you know, he'd had a fair bit of racing. Not from me. I don't I hadn't had him that long. But anyway, um he that I've got to get that for you, or you you've got to get it and have a look at it. Some they probably have it here somewhere. That that running of that year, the the, the Briley, they'd rebrushed one of those middle 
there used to be three fences in the straight. Yep. And they'd rebrush the one in the middle. Yep. And it was pretty stiff. Yep. And uh, anyway, on in the Briley, there was a couple of them, I think three of them, went out at that particular fence. Right. And uh, anyway. So you really had to jump it. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, you it couldn't just brush it. Yeah. To, or they were, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it comes to the annual and the favourite, which was written by Stephen Jenkins, can't, oh, I nearly said it, trained by Dummy Myers, you know, and he still yeah. kill, kills you here. Yeah, yep. Headford Town. Yep. He was a favourite. Yep. And he bloody went out at that, that middle peg fence. Yep. And Stephen jumped back on him. Right. And, and followed him for a while, and then he gave up the... So yeah. so off he tumbled and yeah. jumped back on the horse and kept going. Yeah, which wow. was, you in them days you... wasn't uncommon. Yep. These days you're not allowed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Not allowed to do it. That's but anyway, that that race turned out to be, you know, as I say, um, Gallywood, um, and 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 I mean, I I I I appreciate that when I talk to Jock because over the years, you know, you. Naturally, it was always having a beer, and it was always yeah. a bit of, bit of banter and that, you know. And as I say, the the best thing about it naturally was the fact that Gallywood got up, you know, because he looked like he's gone yeah. to God. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but uh, at the story, time, I didn't sort of think a lot about it, but the emphasis always related to Gallywood, and no one ever really knew knew what won the race. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I didn't until and, you told me that day at Hamilton, you and, know. And as I say, then then I, I didn't, you know, and I thought, oh, you know, it probably, I didn't get me back up, but but I, I, I said to Jocker about us and Jocker, he's, I said, yeah, you know, the more drinks we had, the <laughs> more cheekier we got. And I said, nah, mate. I said, oh, Rocky bloody ground you into the ground, mate. <laughs> But and then Jock and I and I appreciate the fact and, and he could have been right too is the fact that the he was owned by the Warrnambool Committee. The committee of the racing club, yeah. And Jocker told me that he wanted to run him in the Briley. Yeah. And the committee voted against him. Mm. And 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 he and he could have been right. Yeah. I mean I, yeah. I think that So he I'll, reckons he needed another run. Yeah. Yeah. But I I I, 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 I don't say I disagree with him. But that old black horse had him well beat before yeah. he fell. He was absolutely stuffed. Yeah, yeah. Amazing story. And and as I say, um, but, you know, I mean, maybe if you... I was looking for it this morning. I couldn't find it, but I've got to find it. But if you have a look at that race, someone like yeah. yourself, yeah. you would really appreciate it when those two horses come back onto the course proper over the, the Tozer Road double... They joined up together, and you would swear to God that those two horses had just joined into that race. Yeah. I've never seen horses sprint at that stage. Like they did. Like they did. Yeah. And and Gally would jump and land a neck in front, and that other old horse would get up to him again. Yeah, it's a safe old, jumper. Yeah. Yeah. He'd get his neck in front at the next fence, <laughs> and the second last fence is the only time... You know when 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 I and I and I, I he got about three quarters of a length on Gallywood, and this old horse come the second last. He bloody pricked his ears, 
And I thought, boy, Jesus, this old bugger's still got a bit of bloody gas in him. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he, and that's the way he won. You yeah. Know? And he, he got away from Gallywood between the second last. And the tragedy was at the last when, yeah, uh, you know. He was but, out uh, but I mean, it's it was, you know, for the horse to get up was the most important. Yeah, it was awesome. Thing. Yeah. What's your, what's your biggest race win in your eyes? Like what, what's the race that stands out? Is it that race? Is it the Grand Annual in 1984? What, what's the race that stands out to you, Quinny? Um, yeah, it's a really, really good, really good, Really good question, Maddie. Um, you know, I, I, you know. Really, I've, I've, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to dodge the bullet, but, but underneath it all, I've, I've had some good horses, but yeah. I've never had a, a, you know, a, a champion or, a, or, a, yeah, or, or a, an outstanding horse. So I mean, I, I, yeah. I sort of, I, I'm, I just, um, um. Well, I know it? one mistake that I did make, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not frightened to admit that. I, I had a, a good horse once called Lord Palmerston. Yeah. And we'll never know how good he was, but anyway, that's another story. But I run him. I took him to Adelaide, and uh, and I and I it's my blue. I, and I never woke up until the morning of the race. I I had in the back of my head to race this Cheltenham gold cup it was and it was a big day because a uh, big day for C.S. Hayes and all the whole I don't know what it was reopening of the track or whatever it was but it was a, an enormous day and uh, anyway Hayes has had that horse water boatman and I look in the I don't know what made me do it I'm looking in the morning I'm looking at the thing and I see this race is 2200 not 2000 and I thought to myself, that was at the 2000, he, he, he went to him like he was going to brain him. Yep. And he got there and the wall dropped in front of him. Yep. And he was, he, and he got beaten half head. Water boatman beat him. Anyway, that's, that was that. I took him home and he run in the, in the Easter, Easter Cup uh, at Caulfield. Yep. 2000. Yep. And he and he won very, very well. Yeah. He was a good horse. Won the Aubrey Cup. Yeah. Uh would have won the Warnable Cup. I was I was absolutely the old bloke that owned him, all due respects, he was he was a, he was a, he was an eccentric old gentleman. Yeah. And um and uh it he, he was he was ideally suited for the Warnable Cup in them days. Anyway, it it still does clashes with Wagga. Yep. The carnival, yep. Anyway, and they're two day carnivals still, aren't they? A two or three, yep. it was used to be. Anyway, what happened? This old bloke, bloody bloke, got in his ear, and he wanted to go to Wagga, and I begged him not to go to Wagga. Yep. Anyway, to make things worse, and I think they still do, they they run a, a big field like about eighteen runners or something in the Wagga Cup. Yep. And he whatever they run, he drew the extreme outside. He got beat half a neck. Oh wow! And 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 yeah. So above was, average ability. Oh, he was a good horse. Yeah. And then and then Water Boatman, it it ran second or third in the in the Caulfield Cup. Wowzers! And uh, so form all around him. Oh, and and unfortunately this horse, 
through 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 a paddock accident, he done a he done a, a, a an injury to the leg, and he never raced again. Yeah, you just never know. You do never you? know. Nah. But he was a he was a really good horse because I'll never forget because not 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 that I'm trying to be a smarty or that, but when I was at Flemington, Des Spain used to be the clocker, you know. Yep. Anyway, one morning, you know, because they were my horses were never, you know, always not in a high profile situation. Anyway, one morning, Des come running to me and he said he said, Do you know what that chested horse of yours run his last three in? And I said, No, I don't, Des. Um and he said he ran his last three and thirty six outside the markers. And I said, Oh yeah, no big deal because he's been doing it for the <laughs> yeah. last bloody six months, but yeah. Des had never seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh and he said he said, He's he's in at Caulfield on Saturday or something like that and I said, Yeah and I said he'd be bloody hard to beat too. Yeah. And he said, Will he ever? <laughs> but he didn't realise that he was he was he'd been doing it for you know, for as long to as me, you, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. That, that's it was what no he big, did. No yeah. no. Quinny, it's been an awesome chat, mate. Uh, you're an absolute legend, and uh, and it's fitting that you're on Bush Racing Legends. <laughs> it's it's only the second one we've done, and, and in all honesty, mate, I've enjoyed the chat, and we could chat for hours. Absolutely. And and there's still some more stories, and I'm going to get you back at some stage, and we're going to have another yak. Yeah, no, it's plenty, plenty of, plenty of, plenty of good stories. There, one of my most rememberable things was that. One morning at Flemington, again it was, and, and T.J. Smith, you yep. know, and, and I used to get on really good with him. Yep. And uh, anyway, I got on with his foreman was old Darcy Christie, and uh, and I'd known him for years. Anyway, I used to work a lot of horses with him, and of course, you know, I used to get flogged and all. <laughs> yeah. And anyway. And a bit of banter would be going yes. Yeah. Anyway, bloody... This morning, old Darcy says to me, have you got a horse to work a mile with Stargazer? And I knew Stargazer <laughs> was a good horse, but he was a bad track galloper. Yep. And I had a good old horse, Saxon White. <laughs> so I thought, so anyway, Mick Dittman's riding Stargazer, and I got a little track rider bloke riding mine. And I said to, I said to him, don't knock this old horse around, but I said, oh, it'll work all right. Yeah. So anyway, they go across the cross and they're Fleming and I'm watching and I could see Dittman, this old horse was sitting up about half a neck away. I see Dittman get the stick out and give his thing one or two. Anyway, they go down the line and there wasn't much in it at the finish. So I didn't think no more about it again, you know. Yep, yep. So I'm around the thing and around comes old Tommy. And then he says, he said, my God, he said, that was good work. He said... Uh, where you got your horse in? I said, he's in the hurdle race at Hamilton on Saturday. <laughs> he said, what? <laughs> so he dives in his kick, gets out 100. He said, here, have that on him, boy. <laughs> so anyway, he goes to Hamilton and he did. He won the hurdle race at Hamilton. At a, seven at a to price, one. seven to one. Yeah. So anyway, I'm thinking to myself, oh, jeez. It was this time of the year too, b- yep. believe it or not. Yep. Anyway... I thought, now, I'll put the money away because if I spend it, I'll never find it again. <laughs> so I put it away. Anyway, I'm thinking to myself, the next time I'll see him will be at the New Zealand sales the end of this month, January. Yep. Yep. So anyway, you wouldn't want to know. 
Well, he's the first bloke I run into. <laughs> so I drive in my kick for the 700. And I said, Tom, oh, no, I called him boss. I used to call him boss. I said, boss, you know that horse we worked with that morning? And he didn't have a bloody clue, you know. <laughs> and I, I said, uh, that, that horse won. So I go, go to give him the money. He said, good on you, boy. He said, Buy your mates a drink, he said. Oh, I yeah, said, good stuff me, mate. So I put the 700 back in me kick. <laughs> Pay for New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's another true story. But yeah, he said, when he said I was running the hurdle race, he went, what? <laughs> that's great. Mate, great to talk to you. Um, and as I said, we're going to continue this chat at some other stage. Um, but I really appreciate your time. And I appreciate you bringing the trophy in to show me and uh, and sharing some of your, uh, your wonderful racing stories, which is what this is all about. I didn't bring the trophy in to, to be a skiting. I just bought it in because I, I thought it would be hard I to won't convince you as <laughs> a jockey. Quinny, great to talk to you, mate. Good on you. Thanks, Bill. Yeah. You're a bloody legend, big Oh, fan. no, it's good, good fun, mate. Yeah. How you going, guys?